Well, good morning. Uh, my name is Will. I'm the youth pastor here. Many of y'all probably already know that, though. But Cliff is in Zambia, his second home, and he will be finishing up there in the next week or so. Josh will be with you next week uh, preaching, uh, and I have the great opportunity of uh, teaching God's Word to you this morning. So if you have a Bible, I'd like to invite you to open up to Matthew chapter 13. We're going to look at the idea of receiving the gospel. Particularly, we're looking at the parable of the sower this morning. And looking in Matthew chapter 13, we will look at verses 1 through 9, and then we'll jump down and look at also verses 18 to 23. This is what Matthew records in Matthew 13, verse 1. It says, That same day Jesus went out to the house and sat beside the sea, and great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach, and he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on the rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. And then jumping down to verse 18, Jesus explains this parable to his disciples. He says, hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on the rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, But the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. Parables are important because they teach us how to live for Christ's kingdom. They teach us gospel truths. And so a parable, if you're unfamiliar with that, is a practical story that is designed to illustrate a spiritual truth. In this story, Jesus takes something that would be familiar to his Jewish audience and he uses the idea of a sower and seed and soil to explain a gospel truth, to illustrate a spiritual truth to these people. And so the four different types of soil that Jesus speaks of are the key variables in this parable. As we will see, the sower and the seed are unchanging. What varies instead is the soil, where the seed lands. And so in order to understand a parable, we have to discover, we have to understand what is being represented. In this parable, we have three items or three things that are being depicted here by Jesus. We have a sower, we have a seed, and we have the soil. First, we have the character of the sower. The sower here is Jesus Christ. Jesus is proclaiming the message of the gospel. He is saying, I am the sower. This is who I am. 
Secondly, we have the seed. This seed here is the message of salvation. It is the glorious gospel. It is the good news of the kingdom. It's the good news that God will save and redeem sinners through Jesus Christ. It's the good news that Paul writes about in Colossians 1, verse 21 to 23, where he says, And you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he, speaking of Jesus Christ, is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him, if indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard. The third part of the parable is the soil. The soil here represents the human heart. It represents the human heart and the, the response of the human heart to the seed. And so as we see in this story, the heart responds differently to the sower and the seed. There can be different responses to the gospel depending on the person that receives it. And so if you think about this in Jesus' own ministry and in the own context of this passage, what you will have known is that Jesus is teaching and preaching the message of the gospel. And he's going throughout the country sharing this good news of the kingdom, and yet he is met with varying responses to this gospel. Some will outright reject him. Others will begin to follow him. And some will just casually reject him. And so Jesus points us to the fact that the problem of rejection here has nothing to do with the sower or the seed. The problem has to do with the soil. The problem is not because of an ineffective teacher or the truth that, being, that is being presented. Instead, the problem is the condition of the human heart. He shows us that there are four different responses to the gospel. And Jesus particularly is speaking of receiving the gospel message and accepting that message, but it also goes further than that for us this morning. Many of us will see that these responses happen daily in our own lives, that maybe at one time we did answer the resp or respond to the gospel. But when God attempts to guide us and direct us in our lives, maybe we answer a different way that day. Or when he speaks to us in different things or he calls us to obedience, that we respond differently. And so the four heart responses that I want to look at this morning are a hardened heart, a superficial heart, a divided heart, and a fruitful heart. First, we see the hardened heart. Picking back up in verse 4, it says, Seeds fell along the path. And the birds came and devoured them. And Jesus refers then in verse 19 to what he is speaking of. He says, When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what is sown along the path. And so those with hardened hearts choose to not understand the gospel. This biblical concept of understanding has more than just intellectual knowledge. It's this volitional acceptance. It's this submission of the will to the gospel. And so Jesus says those with a hardened heart have chosen to not understand this message. They have chosen to not receive it as they should. And their hard hearts keep them from accepting. Their hearts keep them from submitting their own will to the gospel. Jesus speaks about these hardened hearts back in verse 15 in between the parable and the explanation. In verse 15, he says, This people's hearts has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn, 
and I would heal them. Paul writes of this same problem in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 18. He says, They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. And so what causes such hard hearts? The, the answer is sin. Mark records for us in chapter 7, verse 21. He says, For from within, out of the heart of man come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. And so the problem with this first heart is that it's hardened. That sin has hardened it so much that it does not accept and submit and receive the message of the gospel. And at times we were all at this place. We were all at a point where we had not accepted the message of the gospel. And we see that our sin blinds us, it dulls us, and it hardens us to our need for Christ. So first we have the hardened heart. Secondly, we have the superficial heart. Look at verse 5. It says, Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Jesus then tells us in verse 20 to 21, he says, As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. You see, the superficial heart responds to the message. It responds to it with joy, but there is no root. Meaning that there is no way for the seed to grow and develop as it should. Hardship drives the in, these individuals away from the truth. And so as difficulties arise and as persecutions and, and trials come, they begin to walk away from the faith. 1 Peter 4.12 tells us that we should expect these difficult times, not run from them. Peter writes, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon to test you, as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. This individual initially receives the message with joy, but they do not submit to the reign of God in their lives. Instead, the hardships drive them away from Christ. There's no growth, but it, there is some growth, but there's, it's not deep, and their growth cannot survive the test of time because it's not adequately rooted. At First Baptist, we're uh, blessed with having a fantastic grounds committee and Earl and, and the guys do a great job planting plants and doing things around to make our property look beautiful. And several months ago, we were out at the office and I looked out by, past Jane's window and they were planting some little flowers in the flower bed. And we were talking about how pretty they were and I had no idea what kind of flowers they were, but we looked at them and then later that afternoon, we had a torrential downpour and it was several months ago, similar to what we had yesterday. And I remember walking back up to get something in the front office, and I see all this water running down next to the office, and I look over, and I see one of those little flowers pop up and start floating down the sidewalk. And all of a sudden, we see it rolling down the road, and it goes all the way down towards Bellevue. And so I walk back out, and then another one pops up, and it slowly goes moving out of the flower bed. And what happened was so much water came through the flower bed that those plants were not adequately rooted yet. They did not have time to, to plant their roots into the soil. 
And so we ran out and we pulled a couple of them and we saved them. And some were, were gone in the little river of water going down towards Bellevue. And the guys came back the next day and replanted them. But it reminded me a lot of times of our faith as well. That people can look at our lives and we look beautiful. We look like we have everything all together. But it's just surface level. It's just superficial. And when the difficulties come and when the hardships come and when persecution comes, all of a sudden we're washed away by those things. And so this is what Jesus says. He says, many times we receive the message of the gospel and we receive it with joy. We're excited for what God is doing in our lives. We turn away from sin or, and we, we run towards him, but then all of a sudden the cares of the world get in the way and, and as, it, as it gets harder and harder to follow him, we fall away. And Jesus says, this is not the way that you should accept Christ. He said, withstand the fiery trial. Expect that you are going to endure suffering. And not only expect it, but rejoice in it. Insofar as you get to share in Christ's sufferings as well. And so we often can hear the word, we can receive it with great joy, but without any root, we are not grounded in the word as we should. So first we have the hardened heart. Secondly, we have the superficial heart. And thirdly, we have the divided heart. Picking back up in verse 7, Jesus says, Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Then in verse 22, he explains, As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. The divided heart hears the good news of the gospel, but the cares of the world leave no room for it to grow. The heart becomes consumed with its own earthly desires, and rather than being driven away by hardships like the superficial heart, instead, this heart is driven away by promises of something better. Promises that this earth will provide something better than what the gospel can provide. As I was studying this, it reminded me of a story that I once watched on a video online, and I've told the youth it several times, but it was this video of a man walking down the beach with his son and his, kid and his wife. And he said as they were walking down the beach, his sons were running around picking up shells and playing in the sand. And he said that, that as he watched them, they would walk around and pick up little fragments of shells. And if you've ever walked on the beach, you know that it's very hard to find an actual perfect little shell. And, and so as they pick up these little pieces, they come and show their parents. And he said that he was so excited, and you could tell the kids just thought that they were the best treasure ever. And, and in and of themselves, they were pretty, and they were beautiful, and they were complex. But as he said that they walked down the beach, they slowly began to walk and walk, and their little, his little boy was picking up more shells. And he said that he looked down the beach, and right inside the water on the shore, there was a beautiful starfish. And he said that his little boy looked up and saw it, and he looked at his dad, and he kind of looked at the starfish, and his dad kind of smiled and said, go get it, it's yours. And the little boy begins to run towards the starfish, and he stops, and he kind of pauses, and he turns back, and he runs back to his dad. And his dad said, what are you doing? He says, go get it, it's yours. It's perfect, go grab it. And the little boy runs back to the starfish and gets a little bit closer to the water and then stops and comes back. And, and the dad says, go get it, it's yours. It, it's there, it's for you. And so the little boy runs all the way up to the starfish in the water and he reaches down like he's going to grab it and then he stops and he runs back to his dad. And he's, in the video, the dad sits and he says, you know, why aren't you grabbing it? Go, go and get the starfish. This is what you want. This is what you've been looking for. He said his little boy lifted up his hands and he looked at his dad and he said, Dad, I can't. My hands are full. And it's a beautiful picture of, or it's a sad picture of our own lives. That oftentimes we see the gospel and we see the good news of the kingdom. 
And yet our hands are full of so many other things. And we run to Jesus and we want to come to Him and we, we go a little further this time and we stop and realize that our lives are already full. That we've already satisfied ourselves with the things of this world. And then maybe we get a little bit further the next time, but we still look down and we can't decide. Do we want to let go of the things in our lives that are keeping us from the gospel? And this is what Jesus is talking about. He says, those receive it and they want the gospel and they desire the gospel and they seek after Christ, but then they look at their hands and they see that they're already full and they're divided. The promises of this life get in the way of the gospel. They get caught up with the cares and the wealth and the prosperity of this world. They give in to the lies of the devil saying, you don't need that. The little things that you have in your hand will satisfy you. But God is saying, give up the temporal for the eternal. Give up those broken and fractured things that you're holding on to in your lives for something whole, something perfect. My son, the divided heart gets caught up with the cares of the, this world. Scripture tells us in Luke 21, verse 34, it, he warns us how easily this can occur. It says in verse 34, But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life, and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. Wealth and prosperity binds us to, or blinds us to the eternal purposes of the kingdom. 1 Timothy 6.10, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. Luke 12.32-34, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that, do not, that does not fail where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You see, our sinful earthly desires deceive us and they war within us and they divide our hearts and they war at our affection for Jesus Christ. Galatians 5.17 says, For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for those are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. Jesus says, so many come to me wanting me, desiring me. And you can think of the rich young ruler who comes and wants to follow after Jesus, and yet he cannot give up his earthly treasure. And Jesus says, do not let the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of this world, the lies of this world get in the way of you responding to the gospel. But thankfully, there is grace for our fickle and divided hearts. Lastly, the proper response to the, to the gospel is the fruitful heart. Look at verse 8. It says, Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. And then in verse 23, Jesus explains, As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty and in another 30. This heart response chooses to respond and understand and accept the truth of the gospel. These individuals receive the gospel and receive the one who is truth. They receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And so after understanding and after accepting this truth, these individuals bear fruit. 
Now, the measure of fruitfulness is different between each person. Jesus says some produce fruit a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. But the point here is that when we accept the gospel, that fruit will be seen in our lives. That there is acceptance of the truth, that roots are established, that growth is seen, and that fruit is produced. Matthew, Mark, and Luke each record this parable of the sower, and each of them explain it a different way when they get to their fruitful heart. It says in Matthew that they hear and understand. In Mark, he says they hear and accept. In Luke, he says they hear and hold fast. And the point here is in all of these stories that fruitful hearts hold on to and grasp the message of the gospel. That they lay hold of the seed of salvation. They allow it to take root in their lives. That it's not a superficial response. It's not just surface level. And it's not a divided response where they love the Lord one day and they pursue the world another. No, true Christians not only profess their faith, but they persevere in it. That they continue in the message that they have received. And so the heart lays hold of this truth and it bears fruit. Spiritual fruit will be seen. It means that our lives will be sanctified to become more and more like Christ. It means that we too will begin to share the seeds of salvations with others. And the gospel will go forth through the world because we become sowers as well. And so we receive this seed of salvation and we spread it to others. And fruitful responses to the gospel mean that we are consistently obedient to the will of God. That we not only make a profession of faith, but we live out our faith each and every day of our lives. That as God calls us to grow closer and closer in Him, that we accept that message just like we accepted that gospel the first time that He taught it to us. And so as He calls you deeper and deeper in your faith, that you go deeper, that you allow those roots to take growth. And as they go deeper, you begin to grow and you begin to bear more fruit. That you become more sanctified, that you become more consistent with His will. And that in turn, that out of that excitement and out of that acceptance, that you begin to share the gospel with others as well. And so the question for us is this this morning. Which of these heart responses describe your own response to the gospel? This morning, are you rejecting the message of the gospel? Have you hardened your heart to the truth of salvation? Or maybe you've made a decision or said a prayer that really has no meaning in your life. Maybe you've become distracted and caught up with the cares and prosperity of this world. Maybe you've allowed the truths of the gospel to be choked out by your own earthly desires. Maybe you've given him shallow affection that is overshadowed by your love for the world. Or, and the prayer this morning is that you have truly received the truth of Christ, that you've accepted it, that you've held fast to it, that you've allowed it to produce fruit in your life spiritually. And so this morning, have you yielded your heart and your mind and your life to him? We have an opportunity this morning to receive the gospel of Christ, to soften our hearts towards him, to come to him with thankfulness and with humility and with joy and to receive the grace and mercy at the foot of the cross. And so my challenge for you this morning is to turn from your earthly pleasures and passions and to allow the seed of the gospel to take root in your life. Whatever we can give up will not compare to what you will gain in him. Matthew 16, 24 to 26, Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. 
For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? He who has ears, let him hear. Please join me in prayer. Father, we come before you this morning acknowledging the hardness of our hearts. Acknowledging that we have hardened and dulled ourselves and blinded ourselves to our sin problem. And God, we pray that the truth of the gospel will penetrate our hard hearts. God, that if we have made a superficial proclamation of of the gospel or, or proclaimed it superficially, God, that we will grow deeper in that. God, that we would not only have a profession of faith, but that we would persevere in our faith. That we would continue in that message. God, I pray that you will keep our hearts from being divided by this world. God, the cares of this world and the wealth and prosperity that it offers can, can blind us to the truth of the gospel. And so, God, we come before you with our hands full, emptying them before you this morning, letting go of whatever we're holding on to in order that we can lay hold of you, that we can wrap our arms around you as you wrap them around us. And God, most importantly, we pray that we will have fruitful hearts. God, that the seed of salvation, the good news of the kingdom will begin to grow in us, that it will produce fruit, that we will be sanctified in your image, that we will become obedient to you, that our lives will be consistent with your will and your word. And God, as we align our lives with that, that we would go forth and we would share this news with others. God, that we would be sowers of this seed as well. And God, that we would scatter it wherever we go. So God, we pray that you will just speak to us this morning. This in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.